Today is part 18 of our series, uh, Study of the Book of John. And um, we shall all have an outline. If you do not have an outline, kindly raise your hands and the ushers will, will get one to you. And um, if you are new to Tribe, we, are, um, we take notes and we fill in the blanks or provide um, uh, content in the spaces that you can see there. So we jump right into it. Um, the opening question is this. Have you had a time when all you think you knew, you thought you knew about life or a particular subject <laughs> was shredded by the truth? How did that go? Maybe you, you think you know, I mean, pretty clear on a certain subject and you encounter truth and you're like, wow, I thought I knew, but I didn't know. <laughs> that, that is actually a prerequisite for growth. You know, you, that is needed for you to get to the next level. If you've not had that aha moment in, in recent times, it means that uh, there's not been a lot of growth in recent time. So, I know there are a lot here, so we just take one or two. Um, you've had a time when, if you want to raise your hand, raise your hand and just put it up. And I would, okay, there's a, there's a hand there at the choir. And maybe we take one more and I will go. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. I, I think it was um, growing up. Um, I think my parents didn't know how to explain it to us, you know, that it's not every person that we call a friend that is a friend, <laughs> you know, because growing up, you know, you take your friends, I mean, your friends are your friends, you know, and I encountered a friend mm. and my father said it was a good experience for me, you know, because, um, this supposed friend, you know, did unimaginable things, you know, that I, I mean, I took her like my sister. And when you see both of us, we even look alike. When they ask if you're sisters, we say yes. When they ask, okay, who is senior? That's where we get to quarry. You know, so, you know, she, she, she turned out to be something else completely. Wow. And even we just got married then and my husband kept asking me, but you said, you know, I, I was having continuous nightmares because of the experience I had because of, you know, what I could never have done to her. And wow. she did it without even, you know, looking flinching, yeah. without looking back. And my father said that was good for me so that I can experience and understand that it's not everybody, you know, it's not everything that glitters that is gold. That is gold. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. There are friends, and there are friends. <laughs> Anybody else? Okay, let's just jump right into it. There's so much to cover. You have to be writing pretty fast. Our text is John chapter 8, 31 to 51. We did 1 to 30 last week. Today we're going to be looking at 31 to 51. I'm going to read from the screen. You can uh, follow along if you will. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham. They said, we have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sins is a slave to sin. And a slave is not a permanent member of the family. But a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Yes, I realize that you are 
descendants of Abraham. And yet, some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your heart for my message. I am telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are following the advice of your father. Our father is Abraham, they declared. Nope, Jesus replied. For if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you are trying to kill me because I told you the truth which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. No, you are imitating your real father. They replied, we aren't illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I am not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand that? Understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't even hear me for you are the children of your father the devil and you love to do the devil's the things you love to do the evil things he does he was a murderer from the beginning he has always hated the truth because there's no truth in him when he lies it is consistent with his character For he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell you the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Because you can truthfully accuse, which of you, sorry, can truthfully accuse me of sin. And since I am telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the Words of God, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. The people retorted, (laughs) you Samaritan devil. It's Jesus they are talking about. Didn't we say all along (laughs) that you are possessed by a demon? No, Jesus said. I mean, imagine this heated exchange. I have no demon in me, for I honor my father, and you dishonor me. And though I have no wish to glorify myself, not that I'm seeking my honor, God is going to glorify me. He's the true judge. I tell you the truth. Anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. So the 30-something-year-old boy. The people said, now we know you are possessed by a a demon (laughs) who is suspecting you before. Now it's confirmed. Even Abraham and the prophets died. But you say, anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did The prophets. Who do you think you are? Jesus answered, If I want to glorify, if I want glory for myself, it doesn't count. But it is my Father who will glorify me. You say He is your God, but you don't even know Him. I know Him. If I said otherwise, I would be as great a liar as you. But I do know him and obey him. Your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it. He saw my day. Another transition says, he experienced me and was glad. The people said, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you have seen Abraham? Abraham. 
Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. <sighs> Smoke went off in our place. Is <laughs> either God or is crazy? Do you agree now? At that point, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. You will be hidden from the enemy in the name of Jesus. The Lord bless the reading and the understanding of his words in Jesus' name. So, we're going to go at jet speed. Jesus spoke four significant promises in John 8. We're going to cover from what we did last week to um, what we've read today. He, he, he spoke four significant promises. Number one, in verse 12, he says, The one who follows me will never walk in darkness. That is Jesus' the first promise Jesus gave in John um, 8 is that the ones that, the people that follow him will never walk in darkness. The second promise is that the truth will set them free. That's in verse 32. And in verse 36, the third promise is that they will be free indeed. They will be truly free. And in verse 51, the fourth promise, not only Will the truth set them free? Not only will they be truly free and free indeed. Number four, they will never see death. They will never see death. And you see, Jesus said, verse 31 says that Jesus said this to the people who believed in him. Now, you know what happened last week? Pharisees and the teachers of the law are gathered with stones in their hands and, and their followers. And they've brought a woman before Jesus. And they said to the woman, to Jesus, um, this woman was caught in adultery. What do you say we should do? <laughs> and you know, you know how that went? How they dropped their stones? How Jesus confounded them? So they dropped the stones and they disappeared into the crowd. Some of them, some of them mixed with the crowd. Now, Jesus was teaching before they came. Do you remember? Jesus was teaching the people in the morning after the Feast of, the, of Boots, in the ceremony of lights. So he was teaching the people. The religious leaders came and their followers with stones. Then... Jesus confounded them. They dropped their stones. Most of them left. Some of them mixed with the crowd that Jesus was teaching. And verse 31 says that Jesus said to the people who believed in him. That is, this conversation that is about to happen now is happening mainly between Jesus and his new converts. And it says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will follow, the, know the truth and the truth will set you free. So we see the three steps to, to freedom right in here. And number one being commit to Jesus' teaching. That's, that's the first step to, to, to freedom. It says, if you remain faithful to my teaching. That's the first step to, to freedom. The second step is Illumination. You will know the truth. And the third step is that truth will set you free. The truth you know will set you free. So we see that it's commitment to Christ, the revelation of of Christ, who is the truth, then freedom. So it's commitment first, then revelations, revelation, then freedom. But today, we want to reverse it. You know, we said to Jesus, set me free. Then, show me 
your word and I may commit to you. I may follow you if you convince me. <laughs> but that's the other way around. Jesus says, the first thing you do is commit. Then the second thing, you know the truth. Revelation comes. Then the third, freedom comes. But we come to God and we ask for freedom. Freedom can mean many things to different people. You, you, your freedom may be financial freedom. You need a job. You need healing. You need some form of deliverances. You come first and you pray and you want God to bring that freedom. Then that will encourage you to come to church. Then you can now consider if you want to commit to him. But Jesus says, you commit first. You know the truth and that truth will set you free. That is the path to enduring freedom. That's the path to freedom that is lasting. Praise the name of the Lord. By the time we get to verse 33, it says, but we are, <laughs> the descendants of Abraham, they said, we have never been slaves. What do you mean you will, set, you will be set free? I mean, when they said we have never been slaves, I, I said, really? These people were slaves in Egypt for 430 years. If they were slaves for 10 years, after some generation, you can forget. But they were slaves for 430 years. And the way the, the nation of Israel was set up is that they, God made sure that they would never forget that they were slaves. God will set up feast, Passover. Every time you do Passover, you tell your children, you used to be slaves. And this is how Jehovah set you free. And they are saying to Jesus, we have never been slaves. Now, these same people, not only were they slaves for 430 years, at this time in history, they were occupied by Romans. So the land, there was a Roman occupation of the land. So Caesar was controlling the whole region. And he just had his um, governors in place. Pilate, Herod, and co. Now, but he says we've never been enslaved. In slavery. And Jesus obviously knew the history, ignored the two, and went to the real one. Back to what he did with the woman when they wanted to stone the woman. He says, the one that has no sin, let him throw the first stone. So he says that you're a slave to sin. Let's even not talk about Egypt or talk about Rome. Praise the name of the Lord. So the question is, why do we struggle to accept the truth even when it is glaring? Like in this case. Why do we struggle to accept the truth even when it is glaring? Why do people struggle to accept the truth even when it is glaring? Yes, sir. Yeah. Tell me. Tell us. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Um, <clears throat> I think it's because we, um, we see facts as truths or we confuse ourselves that way. Um, as children of God, I feel that, you know, the fact, the fact is different from the truth. Um, let's say someone has a blood condition, uh, HIV positive. That's a fact because it's proven Right. So, it's a scientific fact. It's there. Um, but then, what's the truth? The truth is by his stripes we are healed. Amen. So, when we get it mixed up, because of the science part, um, it becomes very difficult to accept the truth, which is actually faith, and it's not backed up by maybe science. Right. Necessarily. <laughs> it's not necessarily. Or our science has not advanced to that level. Mm. Because I, I suspect that maybe 50 years from now, 100 years from now, if Jesus hasn't come, the things we call miracle today will have been scientific discoveries of tomorrow. 
I mean, so many things that would be a miracle at the time of Daniel. It's, it's, it's a no-brainer now. Daniel said he saw the beast. Um, the, the, he was talking about the, the um, Antichrist. That he was speaking to the whole world at the same time. In that time, they can't imagine. In our time, if you tell your, a child that you want, somebody wants to broadcast something to the whole world, they can't do it from their phone. They say, Mom, let me show you. And they'll post it on Facebook, and the whole world can see it. How much more the Antichrist. So what we would say that is we don't have scientific backing for now will definitely change as we advance. <laughs> Shows how primitive we are, <laughs> even in all our scientific discoveries. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, sir. So, if, if, when we look at verse 34 to 36 and verse 46, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin, and a slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family for a few weeks, for as long as he doesn't make mistakes. Forever. So, as a son, if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? That's Jesus speaking. And since I am telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? So, sin is something to which all are in slavery until Christ sets us free to become his slave. So our freedom is actually in our slavery to Jesus Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. Galatians chapter 1 verse 10. Galatians 1 10. says, obviously I am trying to win. I am not trying to win the approval of people. But of God, if pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. So, Paul was saying here that he was Christ's servant. And you try to please your master. If you are people pleasing, then it's questionable if Christ is your master. That's what he's saying. And when we get to verse 37... To 42. says, yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham and yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your heart for my message. I am telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you have no, Jesus declared, for if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you are trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. No, you are imitating your real father. They replied, we aren't illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me. Because I have come to you from God. And that is so important. If God is your father, Jesus is saying, you will love me. Nobody prophesying by the spirit of God can call Jesus a curse. That's what the Bible says. So, God is saying... How can you say you love God or God is your father and you hate his children? How can you say you love God? You are home doing your own fellowship, but you can't come to church because you can't stand Christians. Because they are hypocrites. That's, that's, that's the challenge for some people. So, the question is this. It's a strange 
It is strange to have people that claim to love God but cannot stand God's children. Have you experienced such? I'm not going to tell you to share because it may be, it may be personal and the person may just be sitting beside you. <laughs> These people are getting their theology upside down. It's impossible to love. It's just like saying that many of us have children. And those of us that don't have children yet, we are children of some, a child of somebody. Is anybody here who is not a child of anybody? <laughs> so if someone says, oh, I like you, but I hate your children. How would you take to that? Will the person be welcome in your home? Or the person comes to your house and says, oh, I like, I, like, I like you, I like to hang out with you. I mean, you are just a great guy, but these your children are rascals, you know. I can't stand them. Your countenance will change. And if you're like me, you walk the person out of your house. Because, I mean, it, it, it is, you can't love me if you don't love my children. So God is saying, you can't love, how can you love me when you don't love how can you love the God you cannot see when you can't love the man that you can see? There are people around you, you can't love the man you can see, but you can sing praises to the God you cannot see. God says, something is wrong with that. If you can't, there's nothing wrong with singing praises to the God you cannot see. But you see, your connection to the God you cannot see should be influenced and uh, uh, your connection with the men you can see should be influenced by the, your connection with the God you cannot see. So if you find it that you struggle loving people, relating with people, just being with people, particularly God's people, you need to check what is going on with me. I need help. Why? Because these are God's children. There's no child that is perfect. I mean, those of us that are parents, anybody, I have a perfect child. Raise your hand. My child is perfect. Maybe in your eyes. <laughs> it's possible. So our hands can go up. Particularly when they are babies, they are perfect. And they begin to <laughs> be toddlers. You know that they are not very perfect. But you love them anyway. Praise the name of the Lord. You love them. Your child brings a drawing. Happy Father's Day. He draws your head is so big. <laughs> your body like kwashoko. <laughs> I say, oh, daddy, happy Father's Day. Do you criticize that drawing? Do you say that? What have you done? Look at it. Is it my head that you're you abusing me? You're abusing me, your father. You don't say that. The drawing is beautiful to you. Praise the name of the Lord. Even in our weaknesses, our attempt to serve God is beautiful to God. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. It is. And by the time we get to verse 43, and this is huge, huge. It says, why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't even hear me. Huge. Jesus is saying, the reason you can't understand it, you, don't, you can't hear me. They are hearing the sounds, but they are not hearing the words. And he expounded it. This is why, verse 44 to 45, he says, for you are the children of your father, the devil. That's why you can't hear me. That's Jesus talking to them. And says, and you love to do evil things. He's a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there's no truth in him. And when he lies, it is consistent with his character because he has always been 
a liar. Two things you have to know about the devil. Number one, the devil is a liar. Jesus said so. So you cannot trade with the devil. He's going to lie. He's going to trick you. You cannot join any club or society that <laughs> and you think that the devil will give you a good... You are coming out short. Even before you, by the time you are joining. Number two, he's not just a liar. He's a murderer. John 10, 10. Jesus says, I have come to give life and give you more abundantly body. Enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So, we see that the enemy, the devil is a liar. So, if he's telling you something, it's a lie. If the devil is telling you, you don't have a bright future, what is that? He's a lie. So, what does that tell you? What's the opposite of you don't have a bright future? Aha, I have a bright future. Yeah, thank you, I don't know what. <laughs> so, you see, it says that, oh, <laughs> you are not a child of God. I say, hey, you know what that means? I'm a child of God. Tell me another one. So, wait, this is that? This one, this one, let's go and find somebody else. This one will be, <laughs> you'll be using everything we give him and turning it around. And that is what knowledge does to you. That's what knowledge does to you. Many times, many of us, when the enemy is trying to harass us, you are trying to pray, he's trying to show you condemnatory images of yourself, he's trying to tell you you are not good enough. Many of us, we let that stop us. But if you know that the devil is a liar, if he says this negative thing about you, it means God means the positive side about you. That's what it means. That's what it means. So, if the, if the enemy says, oh, this is your business, you cannot thrive, check your family. How many people have been business tycoons? All of you. Uh, he say, hey, tell me more. And he says, you can never succeed. Hey. So, the devil is a liar. It means my business will thrive. It means I will succeed. It means, I mean, that's just what it means. And secondly, not only is he a liar, he's a murderer. He's a murderer means he doesn't have a good, he doesn't have any good intentions for you. You can't have a deal with him. There's no good intention in his heart. He just wants to steal, to kill, and, and to destroy. And Jesus nailed it in verse 47. He says, anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. So Jesus just didn't spare these people. Praise the name of the Lord. So in verse 48, the people retorted, You, Samaritan, devil. <laughs> Didn't we say all along that you were possessed? Possessed by a demon? And they threw the tribal card at Jesus. They said, you are a, we knew you were a Samaritan. All these ones that they are saying, angel, you know, uh, not angel, Holy Spirit's I mean, conception with Mary. Your father is a Samaritan. That's what they are saying. We are the Samaritans, you know, from John 4. They're outcasts. So it's like, it's like saying, oh, you, Yoruba man. That's what they're, that's what they're saying. Or like, oh, you, Igbo woman. Or you, Calabari girl. Or you. So by the time they throw the tribal card, all of a sudden, everybody else, obviously those that are not um, spiritually mature, will begin to see you in that color. When they say, ah, be careful, mm -hmm. that one is a calabar girl. Everybody will want to 
stay clear. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And not only did they call him a Samaritan, they called him a Samaritan devil. Possessed Samaritan. Samaritan was not bad enough. Possessed Samaritan. And this is a huge thing because Jesus had said in Mark 3, 28, that all sin and blasphemy can be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. This is a sin with eternal consequences. 30. He told them this because they were saying he's possessed by an evil spirit. So every time you attribute the work of God, not you, because you won't do it in Jesus' name, anyone that attributes the work of God to the work of the devil has sinned against the Holy Spirit. Or that is the sin against the Holy Spirit. Praise the name of the Lord. That's big. Verses 49 and 50. No, Jesus said, I have no demon in me, for I honor my father, and you dishonor me, and though I have no wish of glorifying myself, God is going to glorify me. He is the true judge. So the question is, have you ever been called crazy for holding on to a conviction? Anyone? Have you ever been called crazy? Maybe not, well, sometimes it's crazy. Maybe they'll say you are a fanatic. Maybe they'll say you have lost it because maybe um, you gave your life to Jesus or maybe because you, you want to follow God to a level that everybody else thinks is not necessary. Anybody that wants to share? Um, has anybody taught you crazy because of your conviction or your commitment? Okay, there's the hand at the back. Has anybody said you have mixed madness with your religion? Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, I remember years back when I ha- used to have issue with my biological dad. And, you know, uh, my friends then, they would tell me, about me, you have to leave. Or when he says something to you, you know, this is how you go about it, like an abuse and all that. But because I know Christ and I know the consequences of, you know, um, saying backwards to your, your parents. So I just stayed back. Even though my younger ones had to move them, my other brother left the house. I was still there. When I saw that I couldn't handle it all alone myself, I, I ran to you, sir. And, you know, a, a lot of friends were telling me, Bumi, you must be mad for staying back here. You must be crazy for still calling this man your father and still respecting him despite all that he has done, you know, and he's doing continuously to you. But, you know, I stick there because I, I know the word of God by God's grace and I've been fed with the truth. And I know where my source is coming from. So I didn't just lose it all out. I stayed back. And I thank God that with God by my side and with the advice that I got from you and I stayed back, he came back and actually apologized. It's not easy for Amen. a father to do that, but he actually did that. An and, African father. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we, 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 we got up and my whole family was able to come back together. It was really crazy, but God took his place. Amen. Amen. You know, I mean, you know a lot of my stories. I mean, people, as long as you are following God, people will, if you have, I'm not talking about being um, unbiblically fanatical. That's not what I'm saying. But if you are going to follow Jesus, okay, take Pastor Richard. If you are going to follow Jesus, at some point in your relationships, people will think, uh, you want to talk to, people will think, you are crazy. Okay, Pastor Richard, I'll give her the mic quickly. Praise God. Um, one recurrent craziness is um, the videos. 
the Monday to Friday, when people find out my siblings, like you go to video Monday to Friday, what are people praying about? Every season I hear the same thing. Another craziness is when you lose a lot of weight and they see you and be like, what are you fasting? Even your parents say, ah, dear, dear, oh, you Sof- are not the one that softly, killed, softly. I've been born again for X period of years. Before you. Before you. <laughs> I know how to, to do these things. It's not done this way. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you. So, just one more because of time. Sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, back. I remember then we were still very, very young. So, our team's mommy you then called still, me. You are still very, very young. Very, very young. <laughs> I was in children class then, I guess. Okay. So, the, the children teacher called us on... New Year Day, that we're going to have rehearsals. And my friends were like, are you serious? On New Year Day, when you're supposed to be having fun, you're going to church for rehearsals. This must be crazy. (laughs) This must be crazy. It's good to do crazy things for Jesus. Do I get an amen? Okay, so I will leave verse 51 to 53 for you to do at home, and 54 to 55, because of time, I'm, I'm, I'm really zoom in. But the question, I mean, the statement I want us to, to say is this. I am who God says that I am. I know what God has revealed to me. Let's say it together again. One to go. I am who God says that I am. I know what God has revealed to me. Many times the devil tries to confuse us about who we are, what God is saying to us. No, 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 no. I know who I am in God, and I know what God has told me. I know who I am with my father, and I know what my father has told me. Verse 56. Now, it's interesting here. It says, your ancestor, Abraham, rejoiced that he would see my day. Now, Jesus has just said that Abraham is not their father. That the devil is their father. But Jesus says, in verse 56, your ancestor, your father, another transition says, Abraham. So Jesus knew that Abraham was their biological father, if you will. So you can be a biological son without being a proper son. If you don't catch the spirit of your father, you can be a biological son or a structural son or an organizational son or an institutional son without being a proper son. That's why you see there's not all many children of pastors actually catch the spirit of their fathers. You know? The people that become the proper sons of the pastors are usually other people. <laughs> you know? But our generation is changing that. And our children is catching our, are catching our spirit. And other people as God withdraw in the name of Jesus. Yeah? Other people as God withdraw. I mean, it, well, all amazing things, you know, when we are praying at home, you know, I mean, we are, we are praising God. And as soon as I kneel down to worship, my daughter just kneels down to worship. You know, some people kneel down to worship and say, yeah, better get up. <laughs> you know? So, these guys, they were biological sons, but they were not proper sons. The difference between a structural son and an institutional son or an organizational son is that that is bestowed upon you. And a proper son is that the proper son enters into it by himself. The proper son catches the spirit of the father, catches the spirit. Verse 56 to 58 He says, your father Abraham rejoiced as he looked forward to my coming. He saw it and was glad. And the people said, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you have seen Abraham? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. I preceded Abraham. 
I made Abraham. I revealed myself to him and Abraham was excited to see me. And I'm, I'm going to show you that in scriptures. There's a lot, but I'll just try and um, give you these references. You know, in the Old Testament, when the Bible is talking about angels, angelic beings, the Bible is talking, we use the term an angel of the Lord or an angel from God. But there's this personality that the Bible doesn't call an angel and the, the small letter A angel that the Bible calls the angel of the Lord and that angel is capital letter Elohim the angel of the Lord and that was the pre-incarnated Christ because I mean it could only be it occurs 65 times in the in the Bible. And guess what? There's no occurrence of the angel of the Lord after the birth of Christ. The last time was before the birth of Christ. In Luke. And the angel of the Lord. Not an angel from the Lord. The. And every time the angel of the Lord speaks, he speaks in the first person for God. He always speaks in the first person. As he, this is me speaking. It's not a reported speech. And the angel of the Lord appeared to several people. Abraham, to Moses, to Agar. Is it Agar? Is this the wife of Abraham? It applied to appeared to the father of, of Samson. Minoah, what's his name? Thank you. He applied to, uh, I'll just read the ones that, that I mean, we are focused on. Abraham, Genesis 22, 11 to 15. He says, and that moment, the angel of the Lord, that should be capital A, of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy. The angel said, do not hurt him in any way, for I know if you were an angel, you would say, for the Lord knows. Do you understand? First person. For I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me me, even your son. That the angel must be God himself. Then Abraham looked and saw and named the place Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Moses, Exodus 3, 2, 6, and 13. It says, there the angel, capital A, of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. Verse 6, I am the God of your father. Now, this, the angel of the Lord, it cannot be an angel from the Lord. There's no angel from the Lord that will accept worship. There's no angel of the Lord that will equate himself to God. The one that tried it was crushed. Lucifer. So I am the God of your father. The God of Abraham. The God of Isaac. And the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. And he gave A lot of excuses, a lot of excuses. Fast forward verse 13. But Moses protested. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? He thought he has caught God there. You know, sometimes you you say something, I say, hey, I know you won't answer this. (laughs) And God says to him, (laughs) then he says, then what should I tell them? Come on. Next verse. Ah. And God said, and and the angel of the Lord said to him, I am 
that I am I sent you. That's what should be next. So we see here that when Jesus says, Abraham saw my day and was glad, that actually happened. In verses 58 to 59, as we, we, um, we made it, <laughs> Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, I am. Because in the beginning was the word, the word was God, was with God, and the word was God. At that point, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden from them. Which stones did they pick up? The same stones that the Pharisees and the leaders had dropped. Because that stone was for Jesus all along. Praise the name of the Lord. So they said, we did not join ourselves with those religious leaders before. We were watching the exchanges. Now we are confused. This guy, they are going to kill you. <laughs> they picked up the stones to crush him. So at the conclusion of the chapter, people we tried to do to Jesus what they wanted to do to the woman caught in adultery to stone him. Why? Because the stones were originally for Jesus. When they said to Jesus, what should we do? Should we, should we set her free? If he says set her free, they will stone him because Moses said in Leviticus that they should put the woman to death. Even though Moses didn't say it should be by stoning. If they say stone her, it will be a hair. You are against Caesar. Because Caesar had said that people should be tried before they, stone, they are stoned. So, and when we read Leviticus 24, 16, to really show you that the stone was for Jesus, it says, anyone who blasphemes the name of the Lord must be stoned to death by the whole community of Israel, any native Israelite or foreigner among you who blasphemes the name of the Lord must be stoned to death. When someone was caught in adultery, the Lord didn't specify stone. But when Jesus spoke to them in a way that they felt was blasphemous, they were ready to stone. And like we said last week, many times you're in a situation where people are ready to stone you. If you're a child of God, just know that the stones are not for you. They are for Jesus. They are not for you. You follow God. Let people abuse you. The abuse is not your own. Whose is it? It's for Jesus. But the beautiful thing here is that because his time had not come, yet come. Again, verse 59, at the point they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden from them. It's different. The, the phrase there is different from Jesus ran from them. Or Jesus went to hide from them. It says Jesus was hidden from them. So it's like Eli- Elisha and, 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 the, and the army of Syria. When they came to him and he said, the servant says, my, 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 my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the husband. Um, and, and, sorry, that, I'm mixing it up. I'm trying to rush. That the hills are filled with chariots of fire, blah, blah, blah. A chariot and, and, and Elisha said, open his eyes, God. And God opened his eyes and he saw. By the time they got to the Syrian army, he says, smite them with, with blindness. By the time they got there, Elisha was hidden from them. 
He was standing in front of them, but he was hidden from them. He was standing in front of them, but they could not see him. They could not recognize him. They came with pictures, if it were today. But they were looking at him, but he was hidden from them. I'm praying in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that God will hide you from evil. In the mighty name of Jesus. The word hidden from them is, 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 is from the word it was covered. Like when an eagle covers, oh sorry, a hen covers his children from the flying hawk or the eagle. So the children were hidden from the eagle. The same way the God of heaven will tabernacle over you. And we hide you from evil. In the mighty name of Jesus. It is important for us to know that the safest place ever is under the shadows of the almighty God. Do we have any questions? Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. Um, while we are thinking about that, the commit section today, you need to, by yourself, determine what you are committing to. For some of us, our commitment is to believe what God is saying about us and what we have heard about God and whatever God says to us. For some of us, it could be what Jesus said about eternal life. And we should also commit to sharing God's words. So do we have any questions? Okay, yes, sir. Just one. I need to know the number of hands so that. Just one hand. Okay, good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, in the beginning of today's lesson, you mentioned something about Paul saying he is a servant of Jesus Christ. And in the same book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 17, he said we are co-heirs with Jesus Christ. So how can we liken the two being a slave to Jesus Christ and also being a co-heir with Jesus Christ? Okay, that is, um, that is very, very... I think we've, done, we've explained that before in one of the tribe sessions, but I will explain it again. Um, what being joint heirs with Christ, being co-heirs, as you have said, is what he has done for us. So, and that is who we are eternally. Now, because of what he has done for us, like the 20 and 4 elders, we take our crowns and our glory and we lay it down at his feet and we bow to him as our king and our God. Even though he has made us heirs, that is what he has done for us. We make ourselves servants. That's what we are doing for him. And we worship. And that's the posture we have to take. You see, it, 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 it doesn't diminish us from servant that doesn't have a place. Because he's already given us a place. Praise the Lord. It's just like when you get married, you, by the time you pick one woman out of 10 billion, <laughs> maybe 7 billion people in the world, so they can't be 10 billion, and you make her your wife, you've made her your friend and mate. She will see you in light nobody else has seen you or can see you. And that is a privilege. But the honor is on her to bow and honor the man. Problem comes when <laughs> do let me go there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's burn our hearts. <laughs> burn our heads because we'll finish our time. <laughs> Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. And let's just thank God for his word and just adore him and just bless him. <laughs>
I magnify him. Father, we, we thank you. We honor you. We adore you. We magnify you. I want to pray with you. If you are here today, you are like, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to get born again today. I want to commit my whole life to him. Or oh, I used to be born again at Baxley. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Wherever you are seated. Should I come forward? No, you don't need to come forward. I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. Pull up your hand now over your head. I will pray together. God bless you. Pull up your hand, pull up your hand. Well, shoot it up over your head. <laughs> Thank God for that. Uh, put it up over your head. Over your head. Hallelujah. Thank you. Keep the hands up. If you are putting up, up your hand, put it up. Put it up. I want to see it. Put it up. God bless you. Just of us, let's talk to him. Let's talk to our father. Let's talk to our God. Let's talk to our king. And let's thank him for his word. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your mercies. Accept our thanks in the name of Jesus. Lord, that your word will do us good. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.